Like, it's no secret that kids in Chicago love some G Herbo. You know what I mean? Just love some motherfucking G Herbo. Like, and so if I can utilize that as a voice to tell these kids to go to therapy, stay off drugs, you know, put the guns down, whatever the case may be, like, I'm going to utilize that voice because they're going to listen to him more than they're going to listen to me, more than, more than they're going to listen to the pastor on whatever, or like, you know what I mean? Like, you already know, it's your girl Naira, and this is Shit Talks. We're talking about the intersection of rap, music, and philanthropy work, community in Chicago. We live in a very distinct city, right? Um, community is so important to a lot of the people who live and work here, and that even overlaps with music. So I'm here to chop it up with some experts, in my opinion, you know what I'm saying? So introduce yourselves. Uh, my name is M.F. Mello, from motherfucking Mello, with the Auntie Kirsten. <laughs> uh, I'm from the West Side, from the, the greatest boy band ever, Pivot Gang, you feel me? Uh, also, Get Busy Alone. Um, you know, uh, I I got a, I work with the John Wall Foundation. You feel me? We do a lot of cool things for the youth and the arts around the city. We're trying to continue that and grow myself as well as that as large as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Shout out Chicago. Period. Shout out our West, our Westies. You feel me? <laughs> I'm sorry. You shout it out. That's all I need. Love, love. Uh, my name's Teresa. I'm the managing director of Swerving Through Stress. Um, I'm also the CEO of Ashford Media Group. Um, so Swerving Through Stress is G Herbo's nonprofit. We uh, dis- we aim to destigmatize conversations around mental wellness. So that's like a a big thing for me. Period. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I'm not from Chicago. I need to just preface that right now. Yeah. Me. As someone who doesn't rap, unless, I mean, maybe you do rap. Maybe you got a, a mixtape right to drop. No? no okay. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're definitely adjacent to the art, though. I've seen you popped out at, like, a bunch of music events and things like that. Obviously, working with Herb, like, you're adjacent or intersecting with that music scene, right? So what's something that you've observed about the music scene in Chicago that's, like, different or distinct? I think, I think the the... The observation, like the distinct observation about the Chicago music scene is that there's so much talent here, there's not a lot of industry to cultivate the talent. So that has been like the biggest sort of like opportunity, I guess, that I see for myself here of just like, man, if there was more industry and there was more like executives and people like pouring into the business side of music here, this would, I mean, Chicago is the third largest market. There's no reason that people should have to go to Atlanta to go get signed or go wherever. You know what I mean? Like Chicago is a bigger market than Atlanta from a just population standpoint, but from a music standpoint, Atlanta is a bigger market. And that doesn't make sense to me. Like the level of creativity that comes out of Chicago is so like integral to shaping so much of like music, right? Because think about the drill movement, right? How that has shaped like a global movement at this point. And then let's talk about Juice World. Like mm-hmm. he was such an incredible artist in such a short time that he was here. So it's like the 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 creativity that bubbles out of here is insane. It just needs to be cultivated in a way. So that that's my takeaway. So real. That's definitely real. So thinking about that, right, um, it feels like sometimes the music industry is very competitive in Chicago, right? Um, But people find ways to build community. And you talked about being a part of a collective. Um, Why is that important to y'all? Like, why is that aspect of, like, community building important? Why did y'all, you know, feel like, oh, no, we got to be a part of a little little group, you know? Uh, It just, it really was just us being friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that that fed it the most. So it just felt like it was the, like, 
this road is already so hard and difficult and not really uh, seen as what you should do. Uh, so when you can go through it with, with people that you like grow and love, it like makes it way easier to like just endure some of the stuff that come with it. So it's more so just uh, equipping yourself with the things that you're gonna need. You know, tell me you're gonna need people. You're gonna need uh, not only people to support you, but also people to to push you and make you better. Mm -hmm. So all of those things combined is the only way I could have ever done this. Like I don't think if I would have had to go through this alone, I don't think I would have made it. Yeah, so real. Yeah, I feel like that um, that aspect also kind of carries through the mission of the work that the John Wall Foundation is doing. Do you want to touch on a little bit of how like that foundation was started? Uh, it started uh, with Sab and Nichelle. Nichelle is uh, Walt's uh, mother. John Wall, he's a former member of Pivot. He's still a member of Pivot. He passed, though. Uh, and uh, they started it to just, like, uh, give creatives more of opportunities, spaces, uh, funding, uh, and things like that. Mentors, you know what I'm talking about? We, uh, for, like, the last five years, we've given out, I think, up to, like, uh, maybe five scholarships a year. Yeah. Um, we help, uh, we help them, whatever, whatever art area it is, like whether it's dancing, fashion, um, you know what I'm saying, music, painting, whatever you're trying to do, we try to group you with somebody that's doing that. So that gives you someone to connect with and grow with. We also, uh, we do a lot of workshops for, for people. We, uh, we do a Feed the West Side narrative where we, uh, we bring fresh produce and backpacks every August. We've done that like five years in a row now. Uh, so we just be trying to like encourage them to to keep going through with the arts because not a lot of people is gonna really like push you to do that and it's not gonna be a lot of resources for you to do that, mm -hmm. uh, especially around the west side and these other areas around Chicago. Uh, so we just like really want to put much information, funding, and opportunities in their lap as we can. Yeah. That's very important, especially because, like you said, um, a lot of the arts are underfunded in um, a lot of communities that we might come from, right? Um, even just like being from out west or being from out south, it's like, you know, the first thing that gets axed in a, a school system is like the arts program, you know what I'm right. saying? I think that's anywhere though, you know what I mean? Like any any neighborhood that is not funded or even like, I came from a really small town in upstate New York. That Like I come from a town with 25,000 people in it. And so like even our arts program was very minimal. Like my parents didn't want me to go to school for music and didn't want me to be a publicist. You know what I mean? Like it was very much of like, oh, you're about to walk into something that we don't know. So like, you should go this way. You should make money. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> don't be broke. Like, yeah. Like, what yeah. What you about to do? <laughs> That's so real. Yeah. Yeah. My parents like, be broke if you want to. If you, if you want to. Literally that. <laughs> yeah. My pop was like, hey, you, um, you ain't scared to go get my job though. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Ask me, ask me if you're scared as well, cause that's hey, real. Though. It's real. Yeah, like, that's real. So like, at a point, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you gonna, gonna some money. Yeah, exactly. Right? You stop. You know what I'm saying? Straight. I got you. So we talked about uh, that community aspect, right? Um, do y'all think that like a, a connection or relevance to a community is important to connect with them? Because I feel it's like the most important thing. Yeah. Um, I like to tell the story often. Uh, when I first started, when we first was getting the pivot and going, we was outside doing our thing. I was so uh, focused just on the pivot and myself mm -hmm. that I didn't really uh, branch out and embrace the community aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And I and I can factually say that, like, even though like I've I've done great, I've done a lot of things. I factually believe that hindered me. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I think that's so important to just get out there and connect with the people, uh, people that you that you rock with, let them know you rock with them, the spaces that you enjoy, go out to them, support them. Um, I think that's the most crucial part because that's going to help you as well. You know what I'm saying? So it's like one hand wash the other kind of situation. Mm -hmm. It's like if you don't really tap into that, you will kind of notice it in the spaces. And uh, that's one of my biggest takeaways from doing this is that I didn't do that early on as much as I would have liked to. Um, and I realized when I started doing that how important it was and how much love that was out there for me that I wasn't receiving just because I was so focused on something else. Yeah. So uh, it should literally change my life. Yeah. Even outside of the music, like it just made me feel better as a person. Mm -hmm. like, damn, they fuck with me. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know that though because I was so focused on trying to get on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, even like, sorry to cut you off, but even flipping that on its head, like utilizing that power, it has been integral to the growth of Swerving Through Stress, right? Because like, it's no secret that kids in Chicago love some G Herbo. You know what I mean? Just love some motherfucking G Herbo. Like it's crazy. It is nuts. And so if I can utilize that as a voice to tell these kids to go to therapy, stay off drugs, you know, put the guns down, whatever the case may be, like, I'm going to utilize that voice because they're going to listen to him more than they're going to listen to me, more, they're, more than they're going to listen to the pastor on whatever or, like, you know what I mean? Like, so my thing is, like, really meeting these kids where they're at and, like, understanding when, like, that we all... I've been reading this book um, by, I'm going to shout out his name. His name's Luke Burgess. Um, it's called Wanting. And it's like this idea that like everybody bases their life desires on models, right? And so if if you're looking at G Herbo as your model for like, damn, that's what I want to be like, cars, clothes, hoes, you know what I mean? Like whatever the case may don't be, or don't forget the hoes because they're there. <laughs> But, the case, but whatever the case may be, but if I'm already fixated and idolizing this person and then that person steps out and says, yeah, you know what, this, I had to kick the cup and the reason I was on the cup is because I have PTSD and I have this and I have that and I've been going to therapy and I've been taking these steps to take my mental health in my own hands and all those things, like those kids are going to listen to that, you know what I mean? And so that's really like the power of like influencer marketing, essentially, you know what I mean? So like utilizing the influence of a person to really change a community is really important, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, it makes me think about how we all stopped wearing K-Swiss because we heard it in the song, yeah. bro. Oh, like, shit. just don't a uh, market, bro. Like, K-Swiss, bro. Worst thing. Niggas got to throw in their shoes. Yeah, I, I never. That. Never in life, bro. But, also, I'm sorry, you just said something very serious. <laughs> and I'm talking about K-Swiss. But literally, bro, that's the first thing that comes to mind, right? Like, music has the ability to influence, like, the language we use, right? The clothes that we wear, whatever the case is. People start rocking true religion jeans, like no tomorrow, right? All white G phase Exactly. Come on now. You say all white G phase You already know, you know bro. I mean? like, like You already know what it is. Yeah, and you they can't I mean? be dirty, bro. And they can't be dirty. But like using that, right? That same like influence, right? Um, to kind of, you know, not even like trick people into, you know, taking care of themselves, but also just to kind of like slide that in there too, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Y'all want to meet G Herbo, but let's do some yoga exactly. too. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. And like, look, and niggas going to pull up and do some yoga. Sure. And then be like, wait a minute. 
I'm fucking decent, yeah. I'm like, do it again. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm, that's, that is the whole cause. Yeah. yeah. And also when you're young, like it's so, you know, you don't want to feel like lame for doing something. So if the people that you think are cool really think it's is. cool, yeah, then you're like. Feeling comfortable doing it. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't think that it's okay to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Or they may think that somebody may look at them different for doing it. So once you see somebody that you think is the coolest nigga ever doing it, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm on too. Yeah, exactly. Like I should, I should, I should get on that type of time. That's real. Um, so I know that Melo touched on some of the more specific work that John Wall Foundation is doing. What's some of the more specific stuff that Swerving Through Stress has going on? Well, really, just what I just spoke to is just like introducing kids to these wellness pra- practices through the lens of meeting their favorite rapper. You know what I mean? So coming to, uh, we did a holiday thing last um, last Christmas with Champs Mentoring. Shout out Vondale, um, and we basically like Herb was kind of like mentoring these group of like 200 boys. Um, kids were coming up to the mic asking him questions. He was honestly answering them. Um, and then before we started that, um, we did a 30 minute breath work exercise. Um, so just creating these moments where we can change people's mindset around coping mechanisms so that when they're, they are in that like moment of need, they can go to that coping mechanism instead of that, you know, violent outburst or whatever the case may be. So bringing these kids into these moments where they can stop, they can forget about what happened on the block yesterday or what's gonna happen when they leave this particular safe space and just creating these environments where they can feel safe, where they can see that this man that I idolize is there, uh, or is also doing this, and then I can take this away and have a tangible takeaway to go you know, live my life. Um, so a lot of the things that we're looking to do um, in the in the fall is uh, we're trying to do something with Safe Schools Week that we're planning um, with uh, partnering with Trap Violence. Um, they do the Stop the Bleed program. I don't know if you guys are, uh, yeah. And so just going into schools and like teaching these kids um, about safe ways to sort of like navigate their neighborhoods and all of that kind of stuff and then coping mechanisms to deal with the trauma that they see on a daily basis you know yeah 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 i feel like it's important also to humanize the like young people and just people in general that are like in these circumstances in these situations i feel like oftentimes um a lot of people label them as like oh like you're a bad kid or like you know whatever the case is like y'all from the ghetto like nobody's like placing this value on their lives so I also think it's beautiful to create resources that show like yeah you're a person like we care about you and we care about your well-being and we want the best for you Mm -hmm. um yeah people need that love period the bad kid thing is really interesting too and just to add a little like personal anecdote um I was like with my family in Mississippi a couple weeks ago and my uh my cousin has a like a two-year-old or whatever and everybody's like man your your little boy is bad he bad he bad and my yeah like my cousin's like stop calling my she's a teacher she's like stop calling my son bad he's energetic he's rambunctious he's use all of these other words stop saying bad he's not bad he just he's running around he's just having fun you know and so I think that is also important like the self-talk right like self-talk is such an important thing with our mental health and all that and like the words we choose 
both for people like that we call other people, but also the words we choose for ourselves, right? And thinking about like the way that we judge other people, we're judging ourselves 10 times more. So like the way that you present yourself and speak about others, like you're probably speaking about yourself that way. And and like, how are you navigating life talking about I'm bad every day? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Unless it's I'm bad, I'm bad. <laughs> you know, that type of thing, period. So um, off topic, what's some of y'all like, mental health or like wellness practices that keep y'all grounded that keep y'all from you know like you know it's the shit talks right i'd be, I be you know trying not to cuss people out but you know what i'm saying <laughs> so like what's what what do you do to keep yourself grounded like mentally like what realistically how do y'all go about that Absolutely. as you should as you should yeah I smoke weed, I breathe. Mm -hmm. uh, I smoke breathe. weed is breathing too. Breathing exercise. Breathe without the <laughs> Her herbal breathing exercise. <laughs> you know, that's hard. There you go. You exactly. got it. Breathing. I got you. Turn this up. Isn't like that's your bitch. Breathing exercise. Yeah. You feel me? A lot of those. You feel mm -hmm. a lot of cushions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cushions. This is crazy. How much you uh, bench a joint? But I also just do nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? When I'm not feeling it, I just chill. I'm yeah. chill. I go to the studio sometimes and turn on a movie. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. I'm not going to rap today. I'm going to watch a movie. I'm catching up on the shot today. You know yeah. With, with my up. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I take breaks. I take breaks. Uh, if I don't want to do something, I won't. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I smoke weed. You know? that's, yeah, that's, that's so real. That's so real. <laughs> I don't smoke weed, but I feel you, bro. Like, I also, I feel like I get along with people who smoke weed real, real well. I'm surprised you don't smoke weed. That, everybody says that. I used to. I still came up for air. I am looking for for more and better ways, so I'm with the tips. I'm I'm interested to hear what you do. Should be crazy, y'all. Yeah. I like need to ground the fuck out of my life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, ten, ten, ten of them. Yeah. Hello, yeah. and the hands. Bro, hands. Downward dog. Okay. <laughs> I do yoga a lot too. Yeah, <laughs> that's so real. Um, yeah, I definitely feel that about the journaling too. Oh, I'll put a hole through a journal if I'm really pissed off. If I had to put a hole through somebody's face, <laughs> like literally, it's it's definitely crucial. Um, journaling through a breakup, ooh, ooh that shit. Oh my goodness. If we can just have a moment real quick, like if you are going through a breakup, please journal for five days straight. There's actually like a podcast about that, like if you journal through your extreme emotional feelings that it'll put, because writing ha puts your brain into like logic mode or whatever, like it like literally flips around your actual thinking process. Mm -hmm. So when you journal through your problems, you're literally switching to a logical mindset versus an emotional mindset. Yeah. So when you journal, so there's studies that show that if you do that for four to five days straight through something that's like really hard on you, it'll actually completely reshape your mood around the thing. Wow. Yeah. It'll keep you from pulling up to somebody's mama house and breaking their window. You're house. like, actually, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. So back on the subject that we're talking about, um, I wanted to ask you, like, why did you start rapping? I know that's such a big question, but like, to make it a little smaller, who did you start rapping for? Uh, myself. Myself, for sure. Uh, I don't... I'm, my name is Melo. I'm Melo to the T. I don't, I didn't, I don't say I don't, because I do now. Uh, I didn't express a lot. Uh, so music was my way to do that. It was my way to get some thoughts and ideas out there and not be worried about how nobody else felt about it. Mm. Um, so I started for me. It just, I picked it up jokingly. I went over to my homie crib, Sad Magellan crib, to like play basketball. Like 
I didn't even go up into rap, but it just so happened that they was rapping too. So I'm like, right, well, let me yeah, like, fuck around, find out. No, you found out. Yeah. yeah. I literally stayed over there the whole weekend. And I'm like, all right, bet. I'm going to do this now. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> so, uh, I'm a rapper now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm going, I'm wrestling. Yeah, I'm going to rap now, man. Yeah. Nah, I ain't getting school. Yeah. Shake out boots. Double school. Double school. Double school. But yeah, I did that. And it was it was the greatest form of expression that I could uh Muster up at the time. Oh, yeah, period. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so I started for me. I started for me. I still do it for me too. Uh, I, I'm, I'm my biggest fan. I listen to my music. It, it heals me. Absolutely. It, uh, it excites me. It yeah. makes me happy. You feel me? Yeah. So, yeah. For that's me, beautiful. for sure. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, what drew you to like helping with the philanthropy work that her's working on in general, right? Because I know you work with other organizations too. Mm -hmm. Like, what drew you to that? Um, well, I'll start with what drew me to music, because that's kind of what drew me to yeah. to the Herb thing. So I've, uh, I mean, growing up, like, I, there was never anything else except for music. Like, I, if you asked me at three years old, I was like, I'm going to be a singer. I went to, I actually went to. I actually went to college for vocal performance, which is literally oh, insane. insane. It's oh, actually good. insane. Yeah, like for, not for <laughs> no, like for real. Yeah. Did that for two years and then was like so like depressed and unfulfilled in that because it was just like not what I, and, and studying music in college is a different thing than like getting to just go to the studio and express and whatever. Like there was like they were, it was just like they were like fixing how your posture was so that your sound could come out better and like holding your body in all these crazy different ways. And I was just like, this is not for me. Um, switched over to business literally within like mere days, ended up with an internship at Sony. Um, and then that led to, I had a 10 year, uh, 10 year career at Sony doing PR. Um, the thing about PR and music, and that's kind of like what directly, uh, brought me into the whole thing with Herb. I had, I started to be able to like really explain what a lot of these artists were going through, um, and to the media and really contextualize a lot of what was happening. So I started working with Herb in 2016. So right before Humble Beast came out, mm -hmm. um, I pretty much shaped his media landscape from 2016 till about uh, 2020, like right before PTSD came out, mm -hmm. that's when I started Ashford Media Group. Mm -hmm. So during Ash the like transition of moving to Chicago, really like being tethered to this artist in a really crazy way to the point where like my worth was really correlated with like his career trajectory. And that was like something for me from a personal perspective that needed to be untethered. So that untethering of like three years of doing my own thing, building Ashford Media Group and all that really was the full circle moment that brought me back to like, hey, actually, you know, you keep doing these swer uh, swerving through stress, like marketing activations around all your albums. Like, let's bring this together and make this a real thing. So this was like last summer, actually, at Summer Smash. He and I were just chilling and I was like, yo, like, let me run swerving through stress. Is that what I meant? Yeah, that's crazy. that yeah, same day. That's wild. That same day, I I went to his tent and was like, "Yo, let me let me run swerving through stress," and then you know we're here. You know yeah. what I mean? So that was kind of the journey. But it all started with like, at like I never was not gonna work in music. Mm -hmm. It was just like figuring out my footing. And now, in this nonprofit space, like 
it's interesting because like I'm only a year into working in the nonprofit space, so I'm very new to all of this, but like it's just I'm I feel so deeply that I'm standing in my purpose and I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now that like nothing else really matters at this point. Yeah. Sense. Well, and it seems like everything is like very aligned to like mm -hmm. led you right to that, which is the perfect way to go about, especially community work, right? It's like that alignment that creates a different like you know, you feel invested in it in a different way, right? It feels like a genuine connection to the work as opposed to feeling like, I'm doing this because I got to, or I'm doing right. this because it's like, it's you know, there's pressure to. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so what are some things, you talked about growing up in New York, you talked about being an outwestian, um, you know, uh, what are some things growing up that we feel like our communities uh, lacked that would have cha maybe changed things for us or made things easier for us? Or what are things that maybe you like, did have, right? Because I went to a lot of open mics. They weren't in my community. Pulling up to Wicker Park, you know what I'm saying? And pull it all the way, yeah. But, um, you know, I could get on the red line. Shout out to the red line. Um, but, what, like, what are some things that you did have access to that you want to expand on or are expanding on in your work? I think uh, for myself, when we was first starting out, uh, just going to a lot of open mics and things like that, oh. we were mostly just going to either Harold Washington or we were going to... Uh, the north side somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was just mostly like, we didn't have those things close enough. We had to like mm -hmm. venture out. So like a lot of people around us didn't even know of these things. We mm -hmm. like bring people on to these places. Uh, but now uh, with the foundation and just other people around, I see a lot of more spaces west that are doing things. There's a lot of more uh, open mic south and things like that that I'm aware of. Uh, even the foundation itself, we was hosting one over in Austin a couple saying, a couple months ago. So it's like just things like that, opportunities to give places, give uh, people spaces to to develop that art mm -hmm. and to to freely uh, express themselves and to and to grow. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We didn't have a lot of those. I do see a lot of those uh, now, but I think they can still get more. Yeah, yeah. that's real. I feel the same. Yeah, nobody wanted to take two buses and two trains to Wicker Park with me when I was a story. They're like, nah, you're tweaking, bro. And then I post my little, my little snap video. They're like, wait, hold on, what's going on over there? Yeah, exactly. Nah, nigga, I'm on the way home now. Talking about where am I at? I'm home. I, I mean, I guess I consider myself an organizer, right? Um, but there's this weird thing that happens where there's like this like jargon or like maybe like inaccessibility that comes around sometimes organizing work, um, whether it's like people who are more into like the politics side or people who are activists or right, whatever the case is, that creates like this like gap. Do y'all feel like musicians or rappers are like better able to connect with communities than maybe for, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's real. Yeah. Just not only because uh, they may be from it, mm -hmm. uh, they may speak the language, mm -hmm. uh, but music is just so powerful. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's really a tool mm -hmm. when used properly. Uh, people use it wrong all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you use it, like the influence of it, even like just putting it in the music mm -hmm. can help. You know what I'm saying? Not only just you using your influence. So it's really just, uh, I think that a lot of rappers aren't in the space, headspace to do that properly. But it's factually the, the the best method, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I think there's also more of a trust, like with your favorite rapper, right? Because they're not. I, I, 
<laughs> like, you know, with some, like the aldermen or some of the people, like the organizers that also have to kind of sit in the seat of like being in the city po- city's pocket, but also trying to help their community, right? Mm-hmm. And not necessarily the city's pocket, like financially, but like mm-hmm. sitting in like that space where they're trying to adhere to like whatever the city is trying to create in the community, but also trying to adhere to what the community wants for their own community, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I think the unique space that a, like an organization like Herbs or you know somebody who is a rapper and that's speaking to their community, they don't need to politic. There's no red tape that they need to cut through, right? Like, I don't even need to worry. I mean, ooh, let me not say that. <laughs> Like, at this current moment, we're self-funded. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't applied to a single grant. I haven't applied to a single whatever. Not to say that I won't need them in the future, (laughs) but, like, there's nothing right now that's like, well, I shouldn't say that or I shouldn't do that because they might not like it for that grant that I'm applying. You know what I mean? And then also with the spirit of collaboration in the city, right? Like, I have the ability to feel a lot more free when collaborating with other organizations because there isn't that survival mentality around like, oh, well, there's only X amount of dollars available for organizations and we're trying to fight each other to get them. Like, you know what I mean? When you separate yourself from all of that, like all of just like the political red tape and all the bureaucracy, you can actually like tap in in a a deeper way and the the community will fuck with you in a way deeper way, you know? That's so real, yeah. Yeah, the thing that made me think about that question is because um, I was uh, talking about, um, you know, people policing the way that people speak and not, like, taking into account that, like, people are from different places and use language differently. Even if it's bad and it's offensive, there's, like, niggas is trying to survive, right? Like, people are, like, you know, trying to, like, we need to be focused on improving people's quality of life and not policing them or being, like, well, you need to be, like, perfect in order for us to consider you, like, you know, like, worthy of these. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like sometimes that does lead into, you know, this, like, fight for like political correctness amongst people that we are trying to use to like liberate ourselves but then creates another box for us to live in and it's not like people gotta go outside and touch grass and realize that like there's a lot of other stuff like going yeah and so I feel like that like barrier of being like um you know just like the language around like organizing like activism that might might make those spaces inaccessible for people unknowingly right it's not on purpose right but might unknowingly make those spaces inaccessible those barriers might not exist when it comes to like a musician connected to to a community or whatever Mm -hmm. you know in some cases um cool so yeah i don't really have like you know that many other questions except for like what's going on like what's popping like what y'all have going on next or where can people support you you know hear you talk your shit well, we're still in the building phase of swerving through stress as far as like what our next events are going to be, but catch us on socials. That's where you can, you know, tap in with all of our wellness resources that we share every week and our little uh, wellness tips and affirmations and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, so swerving through stress. Um, we have a website too where you can donate and everything. So just go to the Instagram and then you can catch everything else from there. Uh, for sure. Uh, well... I'm gonna probably be outside making music in the fall. So you'll see me doing that. Uh, the foundation also does a lot of things in the fall. We have a dinner in October. Find my socials or the John Wall Foundation social. Um, we post frequently, so you'll, you'll hear about it, you'll know about it. Uh, we do a lot of workshops and things like that. 
we always need volunteers. So, you know what I'm saying? Tap in with us. For sure, for sure. Yeah. We love help too. Okay? Because we're very much still building and it's only a very small team. So, I personally need help like as a person. So, yeah. You got, like, you got help, mental help, you know what I'm saying? It's like monetary help. Drop the open that pocketbook. You know what I'm saying? Y'all need my cash out? Exactly. I got you. We're going to link it. The link is in the bottom. No, period. Cool. Well, we was talking our shit. Y'all feel like we was talking our shit? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Period. Well, that's all I got for y'all. Once again, my name is Naira. This is motherfucking Mellow, MF and Mellow. Yeah, make sure you put some respect, you know what I'm saying? And Teresa Ashford, the GOAT. And that's all.